Slash Jeep Baby Special, take one. Hello and welcome to Slash Jeep, the mysterious movie pitching podcast with a twist. The twist this week is that Sean is not here and it is I, Ryan, your host. Yeah. Joined by Dan. Woo. Secretly the best two of the podcast. Yes, secretly the best two because uh, I feel like Sean might not listen to this, but if he does, uh, we are the better two. Uh, Dan, welcome, welcome back. You've been you've been absent these last yeah, few recordings sad. and specials that we've been doing. Thanks for covering whilst I've been opening a show. Yes, yes. Do you want to give us a little bit oh, of how that's going? We, we, we talked. Well, f- well. First of all, we we did the musical yes. special of of Dan's Dan life. Dan Cruz musical special, which I thought was yeah. extraordinary. Dial tones, dial tones dial is tone. the name of it, and um, scarily accurate, actually. So. <laughs> My dad, my dad will will uh, will come down and and kick kick your butt. Is that how it did? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It was good though. We, we had telephone. We genuinely had a, we had a lot of fun doing that, which was, which was really good. Uh, while you open, while you've been opening the show, um, and also it brings us to the subject of uh, of this episode that we're going to do today, because Dan may in future episodes be either incredibly tired or just not there at all, uh, because you have a as of the time of recording, yes. you have a new baby due imminently. In fact, due by imminently. the time this is released, it might even be born. Exactly. So of time of recording uh, and without Sean, we thought we would dive into uh, something that Dan knows a lot about and I knew very little about uh, is babies. Mm. Um, I know about making babies, but not about any of the aftercare or anything uh, of the nine months of gestation. Uh, I mean, to or, be or fair, like as men, we don't really have much knowledge. I see it from the outside. You know, I pressed go on the project and then let other people um, enact Best supporting actor. I like to think so. Best supporting actor. Let's do that. <laughs> so uh, I thought we'd we would go through. You know, um, we, we we have a chat to Dan about his 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 life as a father and uh, <laughs> and, and a second time about to be second time father, uh, and then we can look at some of our favourite baby films and see how they match up to to real life. And then in uh, in classic slash dupe format uh we will then try and slash dupefy some uh baby terms and things that i know nothing about uh but have been very much in 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 dan's life um so let us get cracking with uh dan's life as a father we should probably play some like string music underneath this as i start talking well Definitely. I, can, I can only talk a test of my uh life as a father is interesting it's like it's, it's amazing but it's also no one prepares you for it they're all like oh it's the best thing that will ever happen or people are like you'll never get any sleep and both are true um <laughs> I th- the only the major thing that turned for me and everyone's experience is different i'm sure is that i went from being i want to say selfish that's not right but like 100 percent my agenda in life then you meet a partner my wonderful partner um and then you take their agenda into account you try and do your things at the same time. And then when we had the little one, it, it flips and like someone else is infinitely more important than you, their priority, and then you second. And that's a really, that's a really strange flip for the brain. That's, that's the only change as a father. That's a lie, isn't it? That's of course a lie. <laughs> You've watched me go through it, like less time because of the priority shift. Mm. Um, and it's the most amazing thing watching someone grow up based on you and you have no one to blame but yourself if they are um (laughs) (laughs) for whatever they turn out to be it's your fault oh there's a great there's a great poem i can't who uh who was it that we've got the explicit tag haven't we yeah starts off they fuck you up your mum and dad i think that's that's the title of the of the poem i can look it up the poem. Have a, have a little look for that because um, I remember when um, uh, Sean and, and and my parents would would say they would say to us, you know, enjoy everything. Um, you know, like don't have kids till you're thirty. They're like enjoy life because when you you have a child, it's the most important thing in your life, and it's the thing that takes priority over everything. And so you know they really sort of put on us like enjoy enjoy your life and um, 
and do all the things that you can do where you uh, don't have any dependence uh, on, on you because when that does happen, then everything you have to do has to revolve makes, around that. Makes it sound like your life's over once you have children, doesn't it? That's it, go do all well, the fun only, things only while you like, still can. Only for like 18 years and then you ship it <coughs> up and then you and then you're good after that. Uh, I, I would say that my dad would disagree with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, I've got it. It's Philip Larkin and I, I'm going to okay. read it out, but maybe we put it as the tag on the end of the show because it's absolutely brilliant. They fuck you up, your mum and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. But they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old-style hats and coats, who half the time was soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's lovely. And no, Sean, yeah. as a recent, well, not as a recent, but as, a, as definitely loving poetry recently, he keeps trying to shove Tim Key down our throats <laughs> as a sort of modern poet. Um, that, is, that, is, that is really lovely. There was a, there was a line in that, um, oh, I'm just trying to think. There was like a line in the middle, which just absolutely reminded me of like the, the, the things that our, our parents... Oh, no, that, that's what I was going to say. Um, we discussed the other day, didn't we? We were talking about turning red. I know that we're, we're jumping mm. ahead from from babies, you know, to, <clears throat> to, part uh, of it. to teenage. But, you know, we discussed the other day about about turning red and, and how it's absolutely fantastic and, um, you know, it's really good to sort of show menstruation and, uh, in teenage girls and, mm -hmm. and that change they go through in film. Um, but I think we we talked to a family about it and they were like, oh, that sounds like yucky. And it's that it's the the men in old hats line, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's what the bit in the poet where it's like that that was sort of swept under the rug or it was seen as a bit of a faux pas. And we I think as a society are, are moving into different ways. We there was always a very traditional look at the way of, of birthing and babies mm -hmm. and like that. And now people are. Um, are doing it differently you know there's more holistic births there's more you know sort of water births mm -hmm. there's more different uh, people are using uh mindfulness to be able to control their bodies yeah. to be able to sort of have those natural functions and it is it, it changes it's not yeah. just like um you know some people will prefer to give birth at home now because they yeah. feel it's more of a spiritual connection almost mm -hmm. and conversely we've had the rise of modern medicine which has meant that more babies are actually safely born so this yeah. is because we're, we're doing hypnobirthing, which is that mindfulness oh, cool. stuff we're talking about. And, and it's about finding that balance because in the sort of through that, the 70s as modern medicine came in, we, they were not forcing, but encouraging women to like go into a hospital and have births that way. Yeah. But that takes you out of, apparently takes you out of, it puts you in a, a slightly heightened, slightly scary um, situation, which isn't the best um, situation for birth. So, Whereas birthing used to be at home because there weren't any hospitals, yeah. but then it was high. There was, you know, we go back a bit. It's quite a lot of, you know, children that didn't make it and mothers. Yes. And then we had hospitalization, which reduced the the risk of it all, but also increased the risk in other ways because it makes it all scary and then higher intervention styles. And now we're starting to see the the rebirth, ha ha ha, of. Um, <laughs> Of trying to be a bit more natural birthing about it, but with the added advantage that if something does go wrong, you've got modern medicine. And for those that, because it is painful, in fact, we can go, we can go into that Hollywood's Hollywood births go like this, and then the baby's out. That's it. I can tell you from observing that that is not it. That is not how it goes. Um, maybe it does for some people. Lucky them. Uh, but that's well, not the well, general situation. <laughs> An anecdote, uh, again, from, from my mother about me was that uh, when she was pregnant and ready to give birth to me, not only did she... Uh, so my birthday is the 14th of November. Uh, my mother's was, was the 15th. Um, and she was told, oh, you're going to... You're going to... Looks like you're going to give birth tomorrow on your birthday. And she was like, fuck <laughs> that. She was like, I don't want to share my birthday with this kid. Uh, it's that selfishness you're talking about, it. the yeah. agenda at, at the top. So she danced up and down the hospitals and um, it, and I quote, to shake me loose. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I was born later in the evening. But there was a woman who was in there um, 
with her and talking to her, and she said, "This, this is a this is a, a horrible visualization." We were speaking to my mother, and she said, "Oh, is this your second one?" My mother was like, "Yes," and she goes, "Oh, don't worry. After the first one, it's just like shelling peas." And so, wow, wow. And so, maybe for maybe for some women, are after the first birth, you know, they they get easier. I don't know how true that is. They say um, the body knows what to do, but here we are exactly. discussing something that our bodies can't do. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we are. I think you know we're prime people to be absolutely this is exactly. This and we should probably retrospectively, we probably should have <laughs> probably should have got your your your, your wife, wife on, on. Here yes, to, that, to talk to us as well. Just, um, just some woman involved in this conversation. <laughs> uh, so, as I have, I have a question, Dan. As a as a younger brother, as a second sibling, yes. which you know, you you know, you're you and Sean are, 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 are first primary siblings, yes. alpha um, alpha siblings, alpha children. Yeah, um, are you gonna do anything? Is there anything different that you've got planned uh, from your first to your second? You know, there's there's there was often there's often jokes between siblings where yeah. you know you get stuff sooner the younger you get, or the, right. you 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 know you. Older siblings are always not resentful. That's not the right no. term, but you know they're always like, "Well, I had to wait ten years to get my that's first right. mobile, and, and then got you get one. three. Exactly, yeah. Well, there so, is that. I don't know. <clears throat> it's hard to tell because we obviously we're just about to go through it. But I know that we're a bit more. I say blasé about it, but like we, when you're the first time you have a kid, you don't know anything. Everything's new, and so yeah. you over prepare almost in a way, which is a good thing. But yeah. um. Sometimes you buy loads of stuff that you don't need or that you probably could have waited a little bit or, you know, want to go make sure the nursery is completely completed before they're ready and blah, 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 blah. And uh, with the second one, it's just you, you kind of, I mean, they're all different, but you're a little bit more prepared for what's about yeah. to come. And so I think that's the that's the only difference so far. I, I will report back as we go through. Maybe we can keep a documentary of how much, um, which one I love more. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, is it always the it's second? Always the second. One? Yeah, yeah. I would say it's always the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're lucky because we've got a we've got a boy now, as you can hear at the end of the podcast. Um, yes. But we but we're getting a girl as well now, so it'll be a whole new world of uh, discovering stuff. So um, yeah, we can save turning red for a for a sort of seven or eight year old film to watch and have uh, great discussions about it all. I I always admire um, you and your wife about the way that you how progressive you were towards um, your your, mm, your first son yeah. because it was you know this and and this is changing in society as well but everyone was very much you know pinks versus blues and those mm-hmm. kind of things you know boys must do this girls must do this and it's always been um, fascinating when we would come round you know pre pandemic and everything and we would um, we would be there to sort of play with your son yeah. and have fun with have fun with him and it was always it was never you know there was there were days when he would dress up like a fairy or he would yeah. you know be um talking about princesses and you know where, where those kind of lines that were traditionally drawn um by old men in hats as that yes. as, the, as the poem uh, dictates um and so that's kind of interesting i think that's i've always been uh, um you know in admiration of you guys about that i appreciate it's, that. it's been a lovely that everybody gets the chance to experience what you know whatever makes you happy rather than that. um you know you must go down defined lines and that also again that more and more i think about that poems right because it was you know due to the nature of parents being fucked up right yeah like i uh for me and Sean, we very much had a, uh, not hands-off approach to parenting, but like we weren't ever pushed to, to do anything mm. because they were pushed to do something and they hate that. They didn't, you know, resent their parents from it. So it was always like, if Sean and Ryan want to do something, we'll, we'll always support them 100%, but, you know, they'll they'll come to us with it. And so yeah. because we never got pushed to do anything, we never did didn't anything. Do anything. <laughs> <laughs> didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. Didn't do any sport. Didn't do any sport. Didn't do any languages. You know, a little bit of karate here or there, but I think that was probably in the same reason of not wanting to get bullied. Um, and... You know, and it, and, it, and it just meant that, that that I think for me, when I'm like having my my paternal clock starts ticking and mm. you start thinking about these kind of things, you wonder what you would want to do in that scenario. Like I would I would love uh, when uh, if I have kids in the future, I would love them to, you know, either take a sport or learn an art or learn a language because they're all skills that you can 
um, that can allow you to travel and meet people mm -hmm. and you know have camaraderie or something in common. And I think that is what you know. It's it's almost like that living vicariously through. It's like the things that you almost yeah. never got the chance to do. Uh, you, you can Nothing. try and do. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's in a way doesn't matter what you do. Something's gonna. You just got to try and make as few gross mistakes as you possibly can, really. And and build them up to build build your kids up to be. Um, robust enough to be able to sort themselves out that's it isn't it you, you mentioned um so I, like a really lovely sentiment i thought about the the other day when we were planning this episode you talking about walking with your walking with your son to school mm. and and holding his hand and sort of saying that um if you want to i don't know if you want to tell what you no, sort please of, do. remember what you said please, to us yeah on that. i probably can't remember, probably can't remember because i'm baby brain that's true. No, you sort of said, uh, you sent us a really lovely voice message, like, well, I think it was the first day or the second day that you um, uh, walked your son to school. And you said, like, I, I really love holding my son's hand, but there'll be a day when he won't, won't want to hold my hand. Mm -hmm. And it'll be sad for me, but it'll be happy for you as well, because that's the beginning of independence. Yeah. Right? It's the beginning of, of um, them formulating what their own identity in the world is going to be. And as you said, it's those making as fewer gross mistakes as possible <laughs> yeah um because also you don't you don't want to you don't want a kid that's gonna want to hold your hand all the time everywhere you go out and <laughs> you know yeah. try and sleep in the same bedroom as you you know you want to try and it's it's almost like potty training isn't it you want to yeah. try and introduce them to a sense of independence yes absolutely and he's making his own breakfast already so we can that we can that's happy days uh, uh, famously salmon and eggs was was what he yeah uh We've what now we've now moved his own to, salmon. We've now moved on to brioche and kefir. So we are most definitely a Waitrose family, aren't we? We, yeah. can't, we can't afford so. to be a Waitrose family, but apparently we are. <laughs> I blame his grandparents. It's definitely his grandparents that have caused that. And you can hear all about his grandparents in uh, Dial Tones, a Dan Cruise musical. <laughs> so true. So true. So looking at, so what I wanted to do for the second half was look at films that are in the world, uh, in the zeitgeist of, of babies. Now there's, there's lots of films where people look after kids or toddlers. I know like Vivarium that came out recently was that horror movie where they sort of have a kid to look after. Um, uh, and, but I wanted to sort of in itself having to look after a child. <laughs> and I wanted to. Also, when I was doing research for this, there are there are an awful lot of horror films about babies, and I wonder I wonder maybe why that is. I think it is is it because is it projecting from the filmmakers of of the horrors of it, or is it because it's because know, maybe they're no innocent, about... they're innocent, and the more innocent something is, the more scary it is when you flip it on its head. I guess. I guess easier to corrupt as well, right? You know, that's the other mm. thing. Yeah. Um, talk about films like The Omen. Um, and uh, is it Rosemary's Baby as well? Mm. Those kind of films about very easily can turn that. And I think there's the idea of if it was so sinister, but it's so pure. Yes, that's that what makes kind of belief. Interesting fact: I'm called Dan because of the omen. High on He's my really... mum, high on my mum and dad's list was I was going to be called Damien, and then they watched the omen, and I'm pretty sure that put my mum into labour, and she was like, "Ah, oh, we are not calling our child Damien." after going into labor watching the omen no thank you so that's why i'm dead wow yeah that is that is a <laughs> that's that's brilliant i know there's there are quite a lot of films that would corrupt baby names isn't there is there uh did you guys have that we well baby names are always yes there'll be some things in a film or there'll be someone that you know or someone that you've seen recently has their name um and the the the, the little ones um suggesting names for his sister and most of them are based on a film that he's watched. So we've had like Raya. We can't have that one. Um, we've had we've had Violet because he likes The Incredibles. Oh, that's nice. Which is a cool name. Um, what other have we done? And then he makes them up based on languages <laughs> that he's made up, which is cool. But I mean, aren't, aren't all names made up in the end? It's very true. All names are made up. <laughs> so maybe, I mean, we're probably not going to go down the Elon Musk child's. How do you even say their name? Uh, it's, uh, all I know is it begins with Asher and that's it. Because right. that's the A and the E. That's it. That's all I know. And couldn't they not uh, agree on how to pronounce their own child's name anyway? So yeah, definitely. Brilliant. brilliant. Uh, and, it, and, and it's, 
uh, reminiscent of a rule that you had at the D&D table, Dan, which is you're not allowed to have a character you can't pronounce the name That's of. That's right. Exactly true. Exactly true. <laughs> um, and I think as well, our, our parents chose names that were difficult to make fun of um, with, with Sean mm-hmm. and Ryan. Yeah. Very difficult to make fun of. And you have to almost think about that, that future proofing uh, of, of baby names. But uh, yeah, so a lot of horror movies do have babies. Um, but I wanted to take a look at a few of them, if we can remember them and to see maybe how realistic to mm-hmm. life you talked about birthing earlier and how it's sort of unrealistic and i think there are some movies that try and um try and change that but one let's let's talk about the first one uh how accurate to real life is it and that one is going to be boss baby famously with alec baldwin yes as a baby um i'd like uh, to believe it's true like toy story <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah um and my little boy has a He's currently coming up with his autobiography of of how he he lived, because according to us previously, he had a father called Jed, who was okay. not not a very nice dad. He was born of a star. He was a star initially, and his mum was called Chicken, and they he tried to escape with his mum because Jed wasn't a very nice dad, and then Chicken got turned into a star. And so he floated around in the galaxy for millions of years, millions, millions of years. And then one day he saw me and my wife and he said, I want them to be my parents now. And then he came down to Earth and was born by us because he thought we would be the best parents for him. So that, I, there we go. That is incredible. That is that is like, you know, I've I've heard worse stories that's like my in, in books that got, got, got published. <laughs> to be fair, and then you and you link it into things like wishing upon a shooting star, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, a couple, a couple that can't uh, are having difficulties yeah. um, with a pregnancy, and they wish upon a shooting star, and that shooting and star is the baby comes down. Little. It's amazing. Yeah, and then and then you have a whole sequel where Jed and Chicken, Jed and Chicken, come revenge. to try and get them back. Yeah, the, the dark horror story. Um, sounds like Chicken was nice, but Jed wasn't. So he's very glad to have it me will, as a dad. It would be instead. the switch, though, wouldn't it? You think that, but actually, it's been chicken it's pulling chicken, the strings chicken the all whole along. time. Yeah, yeah. And chicken was the one that corrupted Jed. So I think um, if that's possible, and I, I believe, I believe him, I believe that that is true. Then Boss Baby is, of course, true. So yeah. I think that's true. Like that, that they are there, basically spying on us all, making sure things are happening. Um, yeah. And to be fair, okay. it, it, the babies are the boss of the house. Because they, that's, you have to look true, after actually. them. You have to look after them. That's true, actually. Like, you know, in real life, if my boss wants something and he calls me, I've got to go over there. Mm. So if a baby baby starts crying, calls you over. You go, they're the boss. Um, I heard, a, I read a, a very 2am thought on, on Reddit one day that was, uh, what if we're all born with magical powers, but we use all of our mana as a child to use the cry ability and then we don't have a way to get our mana back again. Nice. I love it. And I was like, damn, maybe I just have, I've had magical powers this entire time, but I used, I used the war cry too many times on cool, on cool down. <laughs> cool down and then I've burnt out. out of mana. I'm out of mana. <laughs> I was, well, we've, we've had this conversation like with, uh, with our little ones. Like, I don't want to say, because obviously he comes up with fantastical ideas, <clears throat> but you don't want to deny them just in case you're wrong. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I want to, he wants to come up with um, uh, a, a gun. Well, I don't know what's a gun, but he's it's young. But that brings people back to life so that when mm. we die, he can bring us back to life. And I like, don't want to deny him. The re- you don't want to say, oh, that will never happen. Because if you deny it, he, maybe that there's a path where he focuses on that and creates a machine that, well, a grow, he wants a body grower backer. So you could grow back a leg okay. if it disappeared. And I was thinking, that's phenomenal. Why would I want to stop him creating that? I guess like uh, an electric gun that brings someone back to like is just a defibrillator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely intrigued. And I don't want to, you never want to deny anyone's thought process, but somehow at the yeah. same time, you've got to create Temporary. a reality. Yeah. Yeah, that like actually there isn't anything that uh, that does that. But you know, we can the way that sort of three D printing can work. If you had like a gun that three D so printed a body, organic material. Yeah, yeah. And you suck That's, the brain yeah. out. You suck, put download it on a stick and re-download it into someone else's brain. 
We've done hey, it. If, if speaking of Elon Musk and microchips in the brain, you know, there we go. It's only a matter of time before we download consciousnesses into the metaverse and we all start living in there instead. And then <laughs> all of these other films about like like Wally and all that yeah. stuff will start to come. Then you have it. to pay a premium just to exist. You have to pay a monthly subscription. To oh, of exist. course, that would be the case. That's ex- that's, of course, I mean, you do basically have to pay a monthly subscription to exist. That's true. <laughs> it's just taxes. <laughs> I love it. Look, we've, we've, oh, this is great. This is another film. This is great. So Boss, so Boss Baby True. turns a reality into, yeah. into that. Um, but one of the ones, I don't know if you read it, but uh, a lot of the times I heard about uh, people having children, there was a book, What to Expect When You're mm. Expecting. Yeah. Um, I imagine it's won lots of prizes. Um, ter- uh, Turner Prizes are the ones that do for books. I think they're books, probably. yeah. I don't know. Uh, probably won like uh, Oprah's book of the year or something like that. Oprah's book club. But the so what to expect when you expect when they turn into a film? And I don't know if you read it, Dan, during your. Do you know first... what? I didn't. I did not because much like this one, I was on tour again doing another show. I seem to oh, okay. only ever do that at the same time. Um, so we um, there was a there's a lot of reading to do when you're yeah a parent. Yeah, so you want you want to make sure and then. Everyone suggests a different book. You know, you get books that mm. are maybe like this one, what to expect, what to expect. And then there'll be one that's like, oh, you shouldn't read that book because it's unrealistic. So you should read this book instead. And you should make sure you read this book about sleep training and another one about, well, you shouldn't sleep train your child. You just, and it's like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? Um, and I know that my wife read far more literature on it than I did. Not that yeah. I'm a passive father, but more that um, that ended up being the role that we took. Oh, wow. I'm just having a look. So it was released in um, it was released in 1984. The Jeez original What to Expect when You're Expecting, and that was 351 pages. It's now at its fifth edition, uh, updated. So at least we hopefully know it's not a it's not as antiquated as it as it used to be. Mm. But it's now at 678 pages. So that just as an example shows you that parenting over the years has changed from a, has doubled in size from a 351 book <laughs> to a 678, basically, of all the extra stuff you need to know and learn and do and and everything like that. Yeah, it's, um, it's wild, really. So it appears it appears that when I'm, I'm reading the synopsis, uh, I had no reason to watch What to Expect and Expecting uh, as a single man, uh, still single, as time of this recording, so you know where to find me, <laughs> at Slash Sheep. Hit him up on uh, all, the, all the popular social media. On medias. all the socials. Um, but it, it seems... It seems like they they have a lot of divergent different groups of people. It's like a um, five couples, I think six couples, uh, having children. How does it relate in terms of uh, baby classes or meeting other parents and discussing tips with them? Like, you know, how does that sort of match up? Is that something that you guys do? Yes, yeah, so um, we do. We like we have a lot of friends that are our generation that we knew from various shows or whatever, we all started having kids about the same time. Um, but what it actually meant was that we saw less of each other and we catch up like once every six months if we're lucky and there's like a WhatsApp thread where we try and organise the day that we're going to meet up and it gets moved eight or nine times before we all like, let's just go to the park now. Um, so I, I think this idea of five families interthreading throughout a film would be utterly improbable because they'd never be in the same place at the same time. So Boss may be more real than what to expect when you're expecting. <laughs> uh, so a film that I uh, knew about pregnancy um, but really loved because it was at the time I was just getting into Judd Apatow mm. and I was like, oh man, his, his style is so like the same things that I used to talk to my friends about was knocked up. I remember yeah. watching this... Uh, in you know 2007 um i would have been 15 at the time so i would have been sort of learning about that i think sean probably had it and i watched it watched it with him but one thing from that for me is that i think um speaking about it they judd apatow wanted it to sort of try and break that misnomer of women just (laughs) and giving birth to a baby like it's all the stuff in between and and how it changes your life like um uh I don't remember his name. Seth Rogen's character mm-hmm. goes from sort of being this lazy stoner to having to sort of step up. Um, and, you know, he I think he does read What to Expect from Inspecting. And then I remember the sort of the birthing scene being really 
uh, it, it's like a lot of shouting, <coughs> a lot of screaming. But then at the same time, like him wanting to be there and wanting to sort of um, experience the birth. But I think it's not to to be supportive in mm. that. So is that a sort of similar thing? Yeah, because uh, there are some men true. who want nothing to do with it as that well. Is true. Some men I who think want... that was definitely feels like a more old school thing. They never used to let you in. They never used to let them yeah. in. Um, used to sit in the waiting room and smoke your cigar, waiting for the child to be born. And against another thing about the whole sort of women and women's bodies is a scary thing that we don't talk about and we keep behind a a closed door. Um, But now they actively encourage you to be a birthing partner and be there, which is really awesome. Um, And it is like it's I don't I don't know how my wife did it. I genuinely don't. She's a warrior princess really it's just phenomenal Mm. work um and it is this like to begin with we're having a lovely time and uh singing songs Uh, so i remember singing mariah carey's hero together just getting through the early stages and then they do this they call this thing called transition where it's a whole hormonal thing i'm not going to go into the birthing thing as part of this but you you move you move your sort of uh, hormones to adrenaline and go through the transition and it changes someone like they they talk about it, it, your lizard brain basically comes out and they t- and it it's designed to get the baby out as quickly as possible but you can tell because they people just change like instantly it's it's phenomenal and then then the real work begins um but i would say yeah do you know what i really i really enjoyed being able to be part of it i really enjoyed being able to be a birthing partner and at one time um my wife turned around to me and said like this is this is quite a lot um Whatever happens, whatever you say, I'll trust you. And that was oh, like it was, it was a really beautiful moment because I remember thinking like she's she's like not able to concentrate on anything. She was listening to one voice, and and she really did. And like when I was like breathe it, breathe it through, she, her body would just respond. It was like so. It was really nice, and it did. It made you feel part of it, which I th- I feel like maybe if you don't if you don't get to be there, if you don't get to do that, maybe you don't. And so, it, yeah, we it was a shared experience. One that obviously I played a slightly more passive role in, for sure. But uh, mm. it was really nice to be part of. And yes, it is. I mean, I'm sure some people have a really lovely, oh, I put the kettle on, all the babies popped out. There, there are stories yeah. like that. But I know that there's just as many stories of like, it took us three days for it to come out. So it's nice to see different representations of how of how birthing works. One that definitely caught critics and I had a lot of, and again, I think it, because it came out of the, at the same, it came at the same time as Knocked Up. Um, and it was sort of the more teenage aspect of it was Juno. I remember mm. um, um, Elliot Page starring in it yeah. uh, at the time and, um, you know, loving Michael Sarah as well in a sort of awkwardness uh, life. But it was one of the, one of those films where I, I never, I, watching it back i sort of understood why people really loved it because it it had a much better look on teenage pregnancy rather than it sort of a a lot of the times people looked down on teenage pregnancies Mm -hmm. um and this was one that was like supportive of it in a sort of small town it wasn't very it wasn't a hugely glamorous film um and it was yeah it was interesting but they, they talk about that in there like how she makes they make the decision to sort of a life-changing event like that you have to um step up i i i was regaled a tale from my friend who who she had a surprise baby Mm. so she was pregnant but didn't show at all and didn't have any of the symptoms um and and uh and basically they that she fell like had terrible cramps and pains went to the doctors about and they were like you're pregnant and she had to tell her boyfriend at the time, had no idea. She didn't have an idea either. And so it's interesting how those kind of those things, in, and then the, everyone had to just, everyone rallied around them. Yeah. Like, That's a really beautiful thing. So the sort of question off the back of this film is, you know, where, I know everyone wants to see, everyone wants to see newborns, newborn babies, but how is that feeling of people rallying around you when you are um, having, when you're having a child? Yeah, there's an amazing thing. Like with our, with our first we because we were running off on tour when after he was ten days old, there were loads of people cramming their way in to come and see the baby before we we ran off with them, hmm. and um, it was it's quite overwhelming actually. Like it's lovely you get the and it's how people come to come along. Like my parents were, were excellent and they would they come round and just like 
clean the house and make dinner whilst they came to see the baby, see the baby that's lovely, but look after it because you're just exhausted and there's very little to do. Yeah. So, you know, it's nice to have a community to help you raise a child, um, but it's also nice to have a little bit of space just to enjoy the new one that's arrived before you have to, you know, to work out how that works before you share it with other people. But, um, yeah, I guess we used to, I mean, same, same for you, but we, my mum and dad used to live around the corner from my nan. So I, I imagine that they just, it used to be, anyone's house at any point you know looking after babies and my parents do that now come around and look after the little one mm. so it's straight after a birth I imagine a little bit of quiet time is quite nice um mm. but then after that the, the community is you kind of need it we've developed this society where you like form your own unit and go and live on your own with your family but it's yeah. it's you know so hard well, it is for me, sorry. It is uh, for us. It's having our families and our extended families, like our cuz bros and mm. our friends around who have been able to support us has been invaluable, actually. Um, and I think it's more important for our, for us, for our children to know that there's lots of people that love them rather than just two. That's beautiful. That's really, really lovely. The I'm going to go, we're now going to go look at some, like we've talked a lot about, films that show uh birthing and pregnancies in, in a very a good light and supportive light now we're going to go into something absolutely ridiculous mm. baby's day out <laughs> i don't know if you remember this film but i feel like the idea of a baby successfully being able to crawl its way across chicago while evading mm. two criminals uh <laughs> is ridiculous but you might you might want to tell me different well um they babies are notorious for disappearing when you turn your back on them <laughs> so like, I, I know for a fact I have a scar on my face from when I m my dad was doing some DIY great parent my dad but told me yeah. to be uh, I had to be on the telephone lines um <laughs> I turned he, he turned his back for one second I'd managed to climb myself onto a table uh, and I was a tiny tiny little toddler climb myself onto a table and stab myself in the cheek with a screwdriver and that's like I don't think I could, I'm not sure I could walk at that point. So I don't, I don't even know how I got there, but somehow it happened. And, uh, <laughs> and this is the way about having the second is that if you're looking, if you're on your own with two and you look to one, one runs off one way and the other runs off in the other direction, which one do you, which one do you say? Do you know what I mean? So I could, um, I could absolutely see how it, it could happen. Um, whether evading two criminals constantly um is another thing but you know the premise is good turn your back on a baby and they're gone keep your eye keep your eye on the prize <laughs> always always keep checking uh and the last one i want to look at that is absolutely ridiculous is the famous famous film mm. with arnold schwarzenegger junior about junior. him <laughs> about about a man that uh without having any of the internal workings is able to gestate a child um now the I, I i could be wrong but as far as i know the only mammal in our in our animal kingdom uh is the seahorse, seahorse right with the males the, well, yes carry babies yeah um yes do you think you could do it do you think you no could, uh, no i i no? I, I, I watched it happen i don't I don't ever want to. It's not, I, I don't know how. <laughs> I like to think I have a high pain threshold, but that is, wow. No, I don't, I don't want to even think about it. it I have actually. I always think we're the inferior uh, gender because we can't create the next generation of life. So we're basically useless really, aren't we, as yeah. men? No, yeah. we, we provide no benefit to uh, the human race. Um, <laughs> but it it's phenomenal uh, the, the the way that the body see the thing about Junior is he, he he doesn't have any of the prerequisite parts yes um, and so the thing that is most extraordinary about watching my wife go through pregnancy is watching how extraordinary the body is to adapting to all of this yeah. it's like it's wild there's like at this point the baby is the size of a watermelon or if you're 
American, if you're American, a wedding cake. That's how they measure. So we've got these things like you can measure it the size of an animal, the size of a fruit or the size of, mm. in America, different kinds of candy um, or cakes. I know. That's, I know. That's representative Rep- of the sort of, yeah. of the... I don't want to make yeah, sweeping generalizations. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's a watermelon. And, um, and that's got to come out somehow. And like, <laughs> it's wild. It's absolutely wild that the body can even contain something that big. Mm. And then things like the, the pelvis starts to genuinely widen, like the, the bones start to shift and move so that there's a passage yeah. for the baby to come out. The hormones, I'm talking about these hormones, but these, the hormones mm. that we naturally produce, certain ones of them will kick off labor when they're ready. So you, oxytocin, so why are you trying to be happy and go for nice walks and do lovely things? Because if you're happy and release oxytocin, you're more likely to go into labor. And stuff like that. So I just, I don't understand, uh, but I'm fascinated by how amazing the body has evolved to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. And I, I, there was something that was interesting that you, again, you, you taught me uh, most of my parenting knowledge has come, has come oh down from uh, you and your wife. <laughs> but you mentioned that we're not, uh, if you look at other mammals, gestation periods are much longer. Mm. And we've sort of evolved to have a shorter gestation period. Because a lot our, of other mammals come out like walking and... Yeah, that's right. And, we have, our, our heads are too big to be pushed out if we were to stay for another trimester, another three months. So you have the thing called the fourth trimester, which is basically the first three months of the child's birth where they're, they should really be in, inside. So you, you try and get as much skin to skin and and mm. that, that's when they're almost utterly dependent on, yeah. on, on the mum because they can't, they can't do anything. Useless, useless things. All they do is lie down and cry <laughs> and poo themselves, um, which is not too dissimilar to some of the people I'm working with right now. But um, yeah. And also what we'll end up being in, in the later years exactly. of our life anyway. What, what a cycle. What a cycle. <laughs> the Ouroboros. <laughs> so, yeah, the ju- junior, um, is, as fun as it is, the, a woman's body is just f- a phenomenal thing. And um, we, we have no capacity to be able to survive that. Not in any way. We're useless. Thanks, Dan, for uh, dismissing the whole of the the male human race a couple of times <laughs> over. But I but I also agree. I also agree with it. Uh, women are women are amazing. Um, okay, so as we've established, Ryan's single, don't know nothing about births and whatnot. Uh, I thought we. I thought it would be interesting, Dan, for you to give me some anything surrounding pregnancies births having the baby fourth trimester those kind of things mm-hmm. uh, and i'll and i will see if i can slash dupe a movie just from the title of uh, a, a bunch of words you Love can it. give me so i don't know i don't know how you've created this or curated this list i don't know if you've got your wife involved to help i mean she's got quite a lot on her hands but um i'm she, <laughs> uh but she's definitely, uh, we've been talking about a lot of birthing things. So, um, you know, we can, we can, well, let's start. Let's start. Yeah, with some let's of the ones start. Got... Let's see if I can, what I can do with these. And maybe if I don't know what it is, you can explain it to me in, on, in the baby term and we can see how yeah, close some, I got to it. Maybe some of these well. might be even worse for that, really. So why okay. don't we, why don't we start with, I think, a, a nice one, nice, easy one, dilation. Okay. Uh, is this the sequel to the Dan Dial Tones? The, the Dan, Dan <laughs> Dial, Dial Later, yeah, Dilation. Yeah. yeah great. Uh, uh, oh, good question. I mean, I quite like the idea of it maybe being, oh, it's to do with, um, it's a single camera. I'm going to stick with the, the idea of the phones, right? Right. Um, it's It's a single camera film of someone in an old switchboard. Right. And the door's locked. And they've got to use the connecting all the different phones and finding out and getting information from all the people to to solve whatever it is. Otherwise, some they're crime. Die. Some crime. Some kind of or some kind of like person's locked them in there, and it's like they've got to use the old switchboard. And so you just have that sort of single camera set up there while they're on the phone and trying to do it. Yeah, Brilliant. Go. So, I mean, dilation in birthing process is the widening of the cervix. So. Okay. Um, worth knowing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Interestingly, I mean, I'm, I'm doing this because it's fun to freak you out, but it, it gets, um, it moves from like nothing 
yep. to 10 centimeters, 10 centimeters in diameter, the cervix. Okay. That is, uh, that, so I, I've, I've heard that term in TV shows, mm-hmm. like your dilated X amount. Yeah. That's what it means. There's a great picture of um, some midwives did it with the pumpkin and they did all these scary faces. Like obviously it's a podcast you can't see, but I'm pulling a a horrified face. And each one, (laughs) the mouth gets wider and wider and wider to show you how big your cervix will be. And another reason I'm glad I don't have one. Um, (laughs) So dilation, the switchboard crime solving. Maybe, you know, like we were talking about crime dramas, like procedural dramas the detective is never a detective. It's always like, oh, it's a priest or um, or a yeah. monk. Do you know, it tends to be like someone in a lot of religious people get involved in detective yeah. work. <laughs> so maybe that's it. They're a detective, but they're bound to the room, so they help other people. They listen in to all these conversations, and then they dial the police. Ah. You got to go. You got quick, quick. There's going to be a murder. So maybe that's like early like a pre like a precognition, like yeah. sort of early. What's that one? Minority Report. And yeah. early minority report. Love it. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. It's a great start. Let's go with let's start with uh epidural. Okay, so I know epidural is injection at the base of the spine mm-hmm. to basically numb everything. Yeah. Right? That's correct. So that could be let's go in the similar vein of like a um I can't think of a film, Equilibrium and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like epidural is this um, society where we're sort of like not, like not aware of the world around Love us. It. Like Love this it. kind of thing. Um, almost like some taking elements of the village um, and then also like Logan's Run as well. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. It's like this dystopian world where we're completely and utterly, we're unaware of like the natural world around us. I like that. Um, because that yeah. kind of that's you know, like numb from the waist down. I like it exactly. Yeah, and they're sort of completely unaware, and and it's sort of then someone breaks out into the into the thing and realise that they're there's so much it's, more. They're like siphoning. They're siphoning all the natural world mm-hmm. to sort of to for, to use for, to fuel this place, and they have to love it. I love um, it. Use nature to rise up against it. Go nature. And are they controlling them with drugs? Do you think it? It would probably be something like it would be like drugs in the air, wouldn't it? They're, I love it. That kind of thing. Drugs in the air. God, that's yeah, sc- sort of like scarily, I mean, scary close to real, isn't it? Really. Well, I mean, a lot of people as well. You know, you have to suck in all the oxygen, mm-hmm. don't you? When you when you think so, there's an element of that to it. We get gas and air, gas and air, best thing ever, mate. I tell you, it's fun. <laughs> uh, great, I love it. Uh, how about this? Is more fun. Perfect prep machine. Okay. Uh, perfect prep machine. Uh, <clears throat> it is... Starring Bradley Cooper. Okay. All right. Uh, a perfect prep machine is a... It's like a college, American college, Gosford Park. Is it Gosford? No. Gosford Wives? Is that the one we're thinking of? Stepford Wives. Stepford Wives. Stepford Wives. Gosford's Park was something else. Yes. It's like that. So this is like a a university or, well, you can make it like a British university Mm -hmm. that takes in like reprobates and turns them into like Uh, the sort of perfect prep. And and you think it's because they have like really good, um, you know, like really good curriculum and Mm -hmm. teachers and stuff like that. And that's everything you sort of see on the outside. But when you get in, you realize it's sort of like the demon headmaster and it's that kind of like they're they're putting them in the perfect prep machine. I like like brainwashing, brainwashing them into being like these perfect students. And also because, you know, everyone hates like Eton at the minute and all that sort of stuff. It's like an allegory for those kind of those private schools spitting out like people. The conveyor belt Um, of the next, yeah, the next generation. Yeah, and they're all brainwashed to like benefit all of them rather than the people. That's yeah, the perfect prep machine. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. What, what is what is a perfect prep machine? So the perfect prep machine is a bottle making thing. It's it's um okay. <laughs> it's for making formula. If you feed your baby with formula, and actually, it's a really like making formula is it's an art form, right? Because you have to make sure you use hot water. To make mm-hmm. the bottle, because you've got to sterilise the powder that you use to make the formula, otherwise baby can okay. get really ill. But then you want to cool it down enough that 
the baby can drink it or, or you leave it to cool. Previously, you used to like pour boiling water in to powder and then leave it to cool. So you had to like time making the bottle just in time for when the baby would want to be fed. Like you have to be psychic and know in two hours time it needs to be fed. So I'll pour the bottle in now so that in two hours time it will cool and be ready. <laughs> or, or you'd make it and then you put it in the fr- in the fridge waiting for it. Do you know what I mean? So it used to take a lot of preparation time. Whereas the perfect mm. prep machine, you stick the bottle in, it does a hot shot. I mean, why do you need to know this? But you put a hot shot in, it sterilizes the formula, and then it adds warm water and cold water to the rest of the bottle, depending on how big you want it, that will keep it at the make it the right temperature for the baby to feed at that point. So basically, in under a minute, you can make the bottle that the baby needs, which is phenomenal. What's the reason for uh, the temperature fluctuation? Why does it need... To... So you use the warm water to sterilise. Yeah. And then they can't drink it when it's boiling. So you yeah, have to Yeah, of, co- of course. Yeah. <laughs> so the warm water, depending on whether you want four fluid ounces or 11 fluid ounces, it adds okay. a certain amount of water is, to make it the right temperature. Is it to simulate uh, like body temperature? Yeah, basically you want it to be about body temperature because that's the milk that they... They drink. We drink. And okay. they and so they won't I mean some babies are really fussy, some babies aren't fussy at all and will just take the cold formula or whatever, but some it's nice to be about body temperature. Yeah. Uh Brill. So I've got to come up with another one, haven't I? What yeah. shall I what do? Else have we got? Von Toos. Von it's Count just, Von It's Toos. gotta be, hasn't it? It's got to be. It's gotta be. Von Toos is it's a period film about yes. It's basically the the Great Gatsby, but European. Like it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's like a it's like a, a it's the German film. It's the German Great Gatsby. That's what it the is. German Von, Von I thought it might be like a little bit Van, like Van Helsing. Ah, okay. So we're sort of thinking the same European sort of yeah. uh, like area, like in and around. And who is who is Von Tuss? What what did they do? I feel I feel like Von Tuss, Um, you know. Have you you've watched the Umbrella Academy, right? Yes. The I dad, have. you know the dad in that, the guy who runs yeah. it. He, I imagine he looks a bit like that. Okay. And um, like top hat, monocle, but um, but not English. Excellent sword fighter. I've got in my head about Von Tu. Yes, absolutely. So uh, and maybe a slayer of um, so a bit like Van Helsing, but more like more supernatural, mm. like a supernatural assassin. Goes and yeah. goes and finds um, and extracts the supernatural. Wanna, trying to work their way into the court of Germany or something. I don't know. I wanna I wanna mix both ideas, right? Love it. I want it to be I want it to be about a uh, some uh, probably uh, uh, let's say a lady who wants to be like the best sword fencer, mm. and then they're like. Well, the the greatest was Von Tuss, but no one has ever seen them for years. And they go on this whole journey, and they find Von Tuss. And to learn how to be the best swords person, they have to fight these supernatural monsters because they don't move like humans do. So you have to be able to predict all their movements to get the right thing, so that when it comes to then fencing against a human, it's uh, it's much easier because they're they're way more predictable. I love it. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, and, and what is a Vontus? <laughs> Ventus, or a Vontus. It's um, like a suction cup. And actually, our little boy was born that way. It, you, like if, if the baby's not coming out, you can get forceps, like the big yep. um, tongs that you pull them out with. Or Vontus is like a little suction cup goes on the head and you like suck them out. You pull them out to help. <laughs> like, a, like a reverse toilet plunger. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and it's quite... It, obviously, it's, it's an assisted delivery at that point. So, mm. But it, it can make your baby's head go into like a little cone at the top because like because their skulls are so soft. Yeah. They pull up. I mean, they flatten back down over time, but yeah. um, you can get like, so cone heads actually could be real. Yeah. Just people that had Vontus and then it, their skulls stayed like that. Um, I'm going to give you, just off of what you said, I'm going to give you one quickly. Okay. Assisted delivery. Assisted delivery. I love that. Assisted delivery. Okay. So that is, um, it's about uh, like a Hermes or Amazon delivery driver. Um, it's a comedy. It feels like it's like a, maybe a Judd Apatow kind of comedy, real life comedy yeah. about a, a guy who's, um, no, yeah, the guy who's delivering packages and he sees things happening in people's houses. 
and he witnesses, maybe he witnesses like some gangsters hiding some money and he swaps the package outside the house for one of his Amazon deliveries and takes mm. a whole chunk of money. And then him okay. him and his fellow his fellow friends have to jump in the van and, and run away with the money um, before the gangsters get them. So it's like a... I know you'd like it because it's like a road trip. Um, well, I, was, I have wild. this idea of like a scene where they all... Like they're getting chased and they pull into like where there's all the vans. They yeah. All the all the Hermes vans, don't they? Yeah. And they all look the same and they don't know which one's which. That's it. Um it... Because th- that and... would be Yeah, I think that's okay. I like that. Um because actually there is a lot of I watched the the Mark um I say Mark Ribier, that's not the right guy. Uh Mark Rober, the mm. uh, engineer, the, the YouTuber engineer. Yeah. Um who who did an episode on like those scam scam calls and things like that and they do use like fedex packages they they really to put the money in a fedex package mm. and leave it outside your house the people that get scammed and then they will um they'll take it and then they'll they'll run with, and then so it looks like people will pull up in vans that look like fedex vans or dress like fedex people pick up the package so it looks inconspicuous and then they and then they take it so you know it's sort of we've done it we've actually made it based on real life thing um okay and then the last one i've got i know that well i've got one for you that's absolutely brilliant all right because it's so nebulous it's great it's going to be called meconium 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 um okay space opera yeah uh uh in the vein of like uh, an avatar or a marvel where you have this uh precious metal lovely um and that kind of thing but i kind of want it to be like uh, but then i think we've done precious metals so i want it to be almost like a bioorganic kind of thing getting closer the, the getting closer bioorganic yeah, yeah. I... so a little bit okay. juney a little bit like dune people fighting over yeah. a bioorganic thing yeah 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 and I think that would be it. Would be the kind of the macomium is like mm-hmm. a, yeah, it's like um, I want it to be some kind of. I know what it is. It would be like a cap mm-hmm. that, that that grows around um, whatever it's put on, and it basically creates like it's got such tough molecules it creates like an impenetrable surface. Love it. Um, but it's living. So if you like, you put it on a piece of armor, it would spread over the piece of armor, mm. and. Uh, yeah, but it's got to it's got to have some kind of weakness, isn't it? That's the thing. It's got to have I don't know what its potential weakness is, but it's about this the sort of arms race to I love it to um, to get it, but then also the the people on the planet trying to protect it because it's sacred to their beliefs and religions and stuff. That that is a film I would definitely go and see. Uh, Meconium is actually the baby's first poo. Ah, okay. It, <laughs> So we've got to end on that. Baby parents will constantly talk to you about babies' poos because they yeah. change colour as time goes. But time goes on, and meconium is the first one that they have that is basically like tar, same colour, same consistency. Mm. And if you're if you're clever, you put a little bit of Vaseline on the baby's bum because otherwise it sticks to the baby. So it's really it's like hard to really hard to get off. So we're we're top ending on an, on, an, on, an, on a Dan parenting top tip. <laughs> Vaseline on the bum. Vaseline, Vaseline on the bum, and that is that is actually that's a that's a tip you can take in in life, adult in life. life with yeah. you as well. Mm-hmm. Every so often, just need a little bit of Vaseline on the bum. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank thanks, Dan. I, you know, as I, I, you know, we love you, and we hope that everything um, with this birth goes fantastically, and thank we will much. look forward to hearing tired ramblings. Maybe we'll do an episode of uh, a collation of of Dan's tired ramblings. During, I like it during the first slash dupe slash dupe Dan's random thoughts at two o'clock in the morning. I love it. Yeah, and we'll, and like yeah, if you come up with any random film ideas, and maybe we'll stitch them all together, and maybe what we'll do is we'll stitch them together, and then Sean and I will discuss them and see whether that how good they are or just <laughs> if they are completely far fetched at that point. <laughs> oh. So thank so thank you, Dan. Thanks for 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 taking the time special, and um, we will if you want to. Thank you, Ryan, Let for being the most amazing host. Oh, thank uh, you. The best host. And the best, well, the, we are the best duo. Oh, definitely. Aren't we? Of, so, of, yeah. There goes with that. 
But um, yeah, I wish you all the best. If you want to let us know, you want to catch up on previous episodes, you can find us at Slash Dupe. Uh, you can just Google Slash Dupe as well. We've beaten all the SEOs to find uh, wherever you listen to good podcasts. You can listen to us there. But uh, good luck with everything, Dan. Please send your best wishes to not only to your wife, but also your your, your first son as well as they become a fantastic older brother. Oh, I'm sure he will be. And thank you. He will have the best cuz bros as guides. Yeah.